0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scottish teams learn their European fate After Rangers, Aberdeen and Motherwell made it through in the Europa League Neil Lennon says he'll turn to a psychologist to help give his players an edge And lower league teams are told to pay for tests Or forfeit Betfred Cup games against top flight opposition I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio tonight is Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans. Triple congratulations to Aberdeen, Motherwell and Rangers Tougher days lie ahead for them in Europe But credit where it's due Now it's it's time for localised drama Celtic are suffering from people deprivation But they've got a massive incentive To win inside an empty ground tomorrow And go top of the league Hibbs manager, Jack Ross Is an honours graduate in economics From Heriot Watt University So he will know that if Rangers win At Easter Road on Sunday That's bang on the money As Stephen Gerrard's most significant result Of the season All that Andy And the sun is shining Andy <laughs> The holiday, it's not often we get in a Friday night and we've had three Scottish teams winning in Europe the previous evening. It was a successful night all round. It was a extremely successful night and it's doing a coefficient no harm as well. So yeah, it's it's three good results. Um, you know, probably I'd like to think it was expected of the teams to get through. Uh, there's going to be tougher tasks ahead But it was obviously a great night 0141 That's the number you need We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB And Hugh, what's more remarkable than any of this Is that Andy Halliday spent a Saturday afternoon with you And came back for more six days later I, I, I don't know, you must have You can't have put him off that much I prefer to think of it as learning at the feet of the master oh, Please, <laughs> self-praise is no praise Did you know that Jack Ross was an honours graduate in economics? I didn't, so yeah, yeah. we bow to your superior yeah, knowledge yeah. I must admit You've gone yeah. in early with your fact of the night Five Six. Well done 01419511025 What is on your mind tonight? What did you make of the three games last night? What about the big games this weekend? There's stories bubbling away under that as well Stephen Gerrard talking today Again about Alfredo Morelos Neil Lennon's going to turn to a psychologist To give his Celtic players the edge And after 7 o'clock we're going to be speaking To Motherwell's penalty hero Trevor Carson on the line So plenty of time for you to get your calls in It's 0141 951 1025 Don't hang about Let's hear from you right now And let us know what's on your mind Hugh, um, let's start with the draw I mean the team's already knew who they were going to face Next, this gives you the incentive for, for what lies ahead So Celtic mm. Away to Riga They eventually made it through After some disruption last night um, So should Celtic get past Riga They're then going away to Sarajevo Or Budoknost Pujorica um, Rangers are away to Vilem Twe And then at home To either Galatasaray Or Hajduk Split um, Let's take those two Before I sh- rhyme off too many teams and, and people get confused Well first of all uh, Rangers Vilem Twe uh, Rangers under Steven Gerrard uh, Have excelled in Europe And they've beaten Bigger and better than Willem Twe And in the form that Rangers are in at the moment I expect them to overcome the Dutch uh, With regard to Celtic, Riga in Latvia The only two things I can go on Are that Riga just about got by Against a team from San Marino Now, with the greatest respect I've been in San Marino I know the culture, the football, all the rest of it you're talking about taxi drivers and bar hands. So that's who they've beaten. And uh, international football in Latvia, the last home game that Latvia played, they drew 0-0 with Andorra, which is next door to an impossibility. So Celtic will get past Riga with no problem at all. 
that could well be one of your famous predictions that we'll play back uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, I, I guess you would have to say it's a decent draw com- yeah, in comparison for, for to what Celtic Rangers, could have faced. Yeah, for Celtic and Rangers, as I say, Rangers have beaten bigger and better than Willem Twee under Steven Gerrard. And the kind of form they're in at the moment, they, for me, are the favourites to win that tie. Um, Andy, Willem Twee away for Rangers, which we already knew, and then... People have obviously seen the name Galatasaray and they realise it's a you know a, a well-known name in Europe. Hadjuk split as well. That one's at Ibrox. Vilem Twe would be away from home. Is is actually the bigger challenge in your mind this one rather than than what lies ahead? Yeah, it's obviously it's difficult circumstances. Obviously, with the change only being one leg. I look at it and first of all, you're calling it Willem Twe. I thought it was Willem the first son, Willem the second. So <laughs> I never knew it was Willem Twe. But they finished five points off a of PSV. So it's you know it's a relatively competitive league. We know how how capable teams like PSV are. So they're certainly not going to be no mugs. Um, I know if I've got no little, I've got some European experience. I know how difficult some of these teams can be. So I certainly don't think it's mm-hmm. it's by no means going to be an easy feat. But I do agree with you. I do think Rangers have beat better teams in the competition over the last couple of years. And I think. They're going to have plenty of belief and nothing to fear, but it will be a difficult tie, but it's one I'm expecting them to get through. I mean, I know that they're always difficult ties, Hugh, but can they both take confidence from the fact that, regardless of so-called reputation, we've just come off the back of a season where Rangers saw off the likes of Porto and Feyenoord and Celtic saw off Lazio, so in, in terms yeah. of, of confidence and being able to draw on those experiences, surely they'll stand us in good stead. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I do know it's early in the season and Neil Lennon is clearly feeling it that Celtic aren't firing on all cylinders, uh, but with regard to Riga in Latvia, that has to be almost a gimme for Celtic. Latvian football is clearly not strong. Riga, having only get past a team from San Marino by a single goal at home, clearly aren't any great shakes. Uh, it would be there, there. There are no words that, that sum up. Celtic not beating Riga mm. Other than two Monumental disaster 01419511025 That's the number you need Don't hang about Get in touch with the guys tonight Let them know What is on your mind It doesn't have to be European football That's just the obvious place to start But whatever your point is Now's a good time to call us 01419511025 Motherwell away to Hapoel Beersheva uh, Then should they get through that one It's away to Victoria Pilsen Or Sondrisk of Denmark Aberdeen away to Sporting That's that's the glamour tie I think well, we acknowledge that Then if they were to get through that one Lask of Austria at home uh, Or Dunaska Streda of uh, Slovakia Under normal circumstances And Aberdeen did very well last night And there's a new vitality uh, about Aberdeen the, the the younger element Lewis Ferguson Ross McCrory uh, Ryan Hedges There's definitely a, a new momentum about Aberdeen Under normal circumstances I would have said they were out Having to play Sporting Lisbon in Portugal Sporting have this major problem with coronavirus It's, it's almost wiped out an entire team But you have to suspect they'll have strength and depth I wouldn't be foolish enough to say Aberdeen will definitely win in Portugal. I, I just even I wouldn't come out with that. Uh, I still think they've got a very very hard tie in their hands there. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's do it. Let's start with last night's European games and work from there. So Rangers fans were about to hear from Steven Gerrard for the first time. It was an odd kickoff time uh, yesterday, so we didn't hear from him on last night's show. But we're about to. So what did you make of it? Let us know on the phones. Or on Twitter Steven Gerrard says It will be down to Alfredo Morelos And his agent To decide If he's got a long term future At the club He has been the focus of Much transfer speculation All summer And in 
Summer's gone past But he was back in the score sheet In the Europa League qualifying win Against Lincoln Redimps Last night Of course there's a possibility Because no one knows what's uh, Going to happen in the coming days In the coming weeks um, I said a few weeks back to the media That you just In my situation you take uh, Each day as it comes The good thing is He's playing well He's in much better shape um, You know he's looking sharper He's scoring goals He's looking happy And we just take it day by day Um I think that's a question for Alfredo um, and his representation to answer rather than myself. Um, but for me, at the moment, he's fit, he's available. It was fantastic to see him pull through um, because you know I'm not, I'm not talking about any other players, but Alfredo um, is someone who will put his body on the line uh, for the club. I think he showed that last night by playing with the injury that he sustained at the weekend. Uh, he, he hasn't mentioned it since. So... He'll have, a, he'll have a rest day today and then he'll be ready for the weekend. Let's bring in John, who's a Rangers fan, on the line. See what he made of it last night. Hi, John. Uh, it was a job well done. You know what I mean? Yep. Job well done. I said that, I said that the other day there. They didn't beat them better off chopping it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that, no disrespect to them, but do you know what I mean? But what I will say is, Greg Stewart, every time that man's come into your park, or your part of my team, he's been outstanding. I just don't understand what. You know, I mean, there is players come in, but every time he's come on, he just seems to do a job, and I, I don't understand what he needs to do to get a game. Well, I suppose there are there are other guys in there. Andy, what did you make of that performance last night? Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a professional job. Um, you know, I'm sure Stephen Gerrard and the players won't be glorifying it any more than that. I, I was never expecting it to be the prettiest game of football in the world. I know how what it's like to play in a, you know that certain type of pitch, especially when you couple that with 25 degree heat. Uh, I think that. Tying in with that, I thought the first 20-25 minutes the tempo was really slow. I do th- feel that the, the pitch probably took a part in that. But I feel once the first goal went in, uh, Rangers done a professional job their hand and it was obviously very mm. convincing in the end. John's happy with Greg Stewart's contribution, thinks that suggests that we should see a bit more of him. Um, has he found it difficult to, to get the game time he would have wanted recently? Yep, and Greg's he's a you know, he's he's a great trainer. He's someone that works extremely hard and you know, he's he's got a you know, very, very cultured left foot. Uh, I think it's he's finding it difficult just now to get in the team. Um, I think it's really important for him when he does get called upon in the minutes like he did last night that uh, you know he shows what he's worth and and uh, any any further chances he can get to to try and impact a game. I just think it's difficult just now with you know on one wing he's got Ryan Kent to can, compete with, and the other one was Yanis uh, Hadji who Rangers paid two or three million quid for in the summer. So I just think it's important for Greg to to keep doing well when he does get his chance and and uh, hopefully more chances will I, come. I, I don't wish to decry anything that took place last night, but. Lincoln Red Imps is one thing Proper domestic league football here is another thing And Greg Stewart, to my way of thinking Hasn't ever done enough while in a domestic context I've never seen a great deal of him though, have we really? But, uh, can I come back in here? I'll tell you what, you're completely off the mark there, you He's not a chance Why is he not at a chance? A dis- well, that's the manager's decision But you don't sit there saying Correct. he's not this and did that Correct. You come in there and made a statement And nothing just shot you down in flames That's a ridiculous statement you come out with there Saying you've not seen enough I didn't he's say I hadn't chance. seen enough Ah, uh, you did He's not done You see, you've not You said in answer to my question Why is he not getting time? And you said that's up to the manager Precisely The manager doesn't think he's good enough to start End of story You said he hadn't done enough how do you know he's not done enough in uh, the Premier League? I said he's there's not done one enough, reason. By the way, and people like you, uh, you decry people sometimes. And I'll tell you right now, Hugh, 
That's the worst statement I've heard you come out with. And Andy, sort him out. Because tell you what, he's right. Tell him what professional football players are all about. Because I tell you what, Hugh, I've never heard you the most ridiculous statement you've John, seen I, I, I don't like sticking up for Hugh Keevans It makes me feel a little bit uneasy But if you think that Hugh Keevans saying He's not quite seen enough from Greg Stewart Is the most ridiculous thing he's ever come out with You've uh, not been listening Anyway, John wouldn't uh, listen to me If I had the, the most mind-blowing Wonderful analysis of the game of football In this country and every other country Because John just didn't like me But I'll go back to the point that uh, Stephen Gerrard clearly does not see enough in Greg Stewart to have him come before Alfredo Morelos or Jermaine Defoe or Kimar Roof. Uh, if he was doing enough to force his way into the team on a consistent basis, he would be there. Uh, John, we just heard some comments there from Stephen Gerrard saying, you know, it's going to be down to Alfredo Morelos and his agent to decide if he's got a long-term future at Rangers because he, you know, he came back in and scored last night. What do you make of that situation as it stands now? That situation just rolling, rolling on and rolling on. Can I come back in quickly, Hugh? I don't like you that much offer to buy you tickets to go to Parkhead because Neil Lennon barge you. I don't like you that much, Hugh. I was going to buy you because you want to lead into Parkhead and I offered to buy you the tickets. I remember that. I remember you yeah. were banned. You were banned. That was a long time ago. I know. The, the ban had been over for long and weary and people were still going on about it. You know... You deserved it though I don't uh, even remember no, what it was I, But I know you deserved it no, Must I, have been I didn't deserve it And I still don't know why I was banned But Anyway John I, There's no point in me As I say I, I have my theory And John doesn't like it Because it's My theory 01419511025 Thanks to John Better split you two up for This you is what it. it's like now Andy Welcome to my world <laughs> I mean I've, I've been off my fair share of criticism Over the years as well Um yeah, what about those comments from Stephen Gerrard? Because Alfredo Morelos comes back in, scores two again. Ultimately, until the transfer window closes or he goes, mm-hmm. you can't blame people for continuing to have this yeah. type of speculation. I mean, I got asked about it you know, two to three months ago and my, my response was, it has to be what's best for the player in the club. And in my opinion, it had to be resolved as soon as possible. I think we're a few, obviously a couple of months down the line and it doesn't seem any clearer. Um, first and foremost... I want the Alfredo, the fully committed, fully healthy Alfredo that I know can bring to the football club. Um, over the last few weeks, especially, it seems as if that commitment's maybe not been there. Uh, you know, Stephen Gerrard's made some positive comments towards his attitude over the last couple of weeks, so hopefully that's improving. But I think whatever happens, it's important to get it resolved as soon as possible. Does the longer it go on make you think that it's less likely to happen that he moves? For me personally, yes. And I think the longer it goes on, the less likely he's going to be fully fit because you know we, we can't forget he's he's not started a game and I think that's three four games now where he's sat on the bench so you know we're talking about trying to get him fully committed and fully healthy he needs to be playing games to do so and um, for me I, I, if I'm making a prediction I think he'll still be a Rangers player which let's be honest it's, it's a huge benefit to the club anyway People will always speculate because from the outside you can only look at what you see maybe in that 90 minutes and then assumptions are made and people say oh, behind the scenes he'll be you know, it'll be tough if he wants to leave and there's nothing on the table. Have you got an unhappy player? What What's he like behind the scenes in, in those types of times? He's a character, and, and strangely enough, he's actually really funny for somebody who doesn't speak English. <laughs> I know that's strange, <laughs> but he does, he does perk you up. He does, he's very, very similar to like a, like a Kyle Laffey. He's, he's, he's constantly got a bit of nonsense in, his, uh, nonsense in his head, but when training does come, you do get 100% out of him. Um, the thing is, for me, is 
it seemed as if Rangers prepared for him to leave by obviously recruiting and bringing in two other strikers. But uh, you know, as as it's you know dwindling on now, I I think he'll stay at the football club. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. If only Andy, because time and experience tells you that never say never. You know, yep. and that on the last day somebody might come in or whatever. And to introduce a financial note to it all, we are in difficult times, and money is a problem for all of our clubs in these COVID-19 times. And I think if you have an asset who could realise you something in the order of 15, 16 million pounds, you don't just dismiss that uh, because form can dip. His value can depreciate. So if somebody did come in with 15 or 16 million pounds, I think Rangers would be obliged to take it. But... It's all gone very quiet on that front. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon very soon. So Celtic fans, get in touch. Let us know what's on your mind. Ian is in Alva at the moment. Ian, how are you? What have you got for us? Uh, uh, I just think that Rangers would, Rangers or Celtic would win the league uh, easily, uh, running over most teams in Scotland except each other uh, by by having two forwards. And and Alfredo Morelos, um, it's you're waiting to see what the next time he trips up uh, gets gets to sell a red card. And I agree with with the with the Hugh that they've already had a sixteen million. Why or was it maybe a sixteen million offered or not offered? But if if they actually have had sixteen million. Why did they not take that? Well, clubs are entitled to have their valuation of a player, Ian. Uh, we have the, the word of the president of Lille Football Club uh, that £16 million was offered. Rangers uh, have a valuation of the player that's clearly higher than that. Um, it's a dangerous game because he, he's not getting a lot of game time at the moment. Um it's all gone quiet on the transfer front. Lille do not appear to have come back. No one else has uh, emerged uh, in connection with Alfredo Morelos. But with three weeks left on the transfer window, never say never. As I say, for me, if you have an asset worth somewhere between 16, 17, 18 million pounds, at this particular time, I do understand this is a unique season, but at this particular time, you don't want to just dismiss that money. I, I know it was Lincoln Redimps, Andy, so I don't think any team is going to watch a game against Lincoln Redimps and think, oh my, that's that's a player we need to sign. But it it, it will be his European goals, if any, that get him noticed, won't it? Because again, um, you saw it last night, that, that European record that he's got, it's, the, the numbers are impressive, whatever way you look at it. Yeah, 14 goals in, in Europa League last season and, and obviously some against some some high quality opposition and it's not just that I think I think you really underestimate the, the role of a lone striker in Europe especially when you're going away to the likes of Portos and Feyenoords where you might have a bit less of possession we've seen Scotland uh, do it over the years with a with a lone striker in the number 9 it's a difficult job and you know there's games where he's playing against the likes of you know, physical defenders like Pepe and, and there was 90 minutes where he was literally ragged all in centre-halves and, and it, it's, it's such a difficult task and, and you know you look at the majority of Rangers' success last year, you have to put a lot of that down to how Alfredo performed let, in Europe. Let me throw you a curveball. He's one off Ali McCoy's European record. Who would you rather have had in your team, Ali McCoy's or Alfredo Morelos? Ali McCoy's. There you are. 
At I least mean, I'm angry with honest answer. Straightforward. I like that. I mean, listen, it's someone that scored, I think it's 355 goals for Rangers. He's won X amount of trophies. So I don't think he can be mentioned in the same breath as Alan McCoy. So I think he's got you know, a few more years to be to be mm. spoke alongside him. But he's he's obviously been a phenomenal player over the these years at the club. Ian's disappeared, so we thank Ian. It's 0141-951-1025. Celtic fans, let's hear from you. What do you make of the Europa League draw? And uh, Neil Lennon's been talking today, talking about bringing in a psychologist to help Celtic get that edge. What do you make of those two points or anything else that's on your mind? We'll hear from Neil Lennon and hopefully you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Andy Halliday here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's 0141-951-1025 to speak to the guys. And if you'd rather tweet your kind well wishes, you can do that at Clyde SSB. Let's bring in Mike in Bishopton, who's a Celtic fan. What's on your mind tonight, Mike? Hi, good evening, uh... Gordon, Hugh and Andy Hello. Um, just, just, hi there Just before I uh, go to my first point I, I, I had to chuckle, I'm actually in the car driving home And I heard Andy say that uh, Rangers had some success last year Let's just leave it at that, but anyway Let's move on to the main point Hugh, if, um, watching Celtic um, I think it's been pretty Pretty poor actually um, I, I think we're, we're screaming out for a 3-5-2 Formation, I think We should be you know, putting uh, Eddie and Ayeta um, on for the start because I think in the midfield um, we're very, very strong. I think bringing Duffy in as well at defence, um, having him, um, Julian and even Big Ayer, you know, I think having a settled back three, I'm not too, too sure about uh, Greg Taylor. He just doesn't seem to do it um, enough for me. He seems to get caught out. It was just to see what your thoughts were on that. Well... The, the team that Neil Lennon chose to play St Mirren in the midweek Perplexed me altogether uh, You had Ayeti and Edward Playing against Ross County on Saturday Now you think fans are quite optimistic about that pairing And then in the very next game They leave Ayeti out and they play Patrick Klamala I think they're trying hard To prove that Klamala hasn't been a waste of money But for me He doesn't merit starting games at the moment so I was surprised in that regard. I was surprised that if you have against Ross County, Ayer, Julian and Shane Duffy, that is obviously what's going through your mind. But in the very next game, they leave out Julian. Uh, so And bring in El Hamed. So I, I didn't follow mm. that. And I, I didn't follow why David Turnbull get no time against St Mirren either. As a Motherwell player, David Turnbull would have bossed games against St Mirren. I'm not saying he would have bossed the game in a Celtic jersey, but the time has come to use Scott Brown more sparingly. And I thought that David Turnbull could have played against St Mirren, so I didn't understand the team selection. You're getting your wish though, Mike. I mean, it's, it's been 3-5-2 now for the last couple of games. Neil Lennon talking about it being sort of early stages of that and, and people still learning their roles. You must be at least pleased that it's heading in that direction. No, absolutely. But I mean, it's not very often I agree with with Shug, but I think um, he's hit the nail on the head there. Actually, um, you know, we need a bit of continuity. See this chopping and changing. You know, but but you know, you get a good result. You know, at the weekend, and then you go into no disrespect to any other team in the league in St Mirren. You know, I, I, I quite like St Mirren as a team, but um, I just feel chopping and changing. You know, it's, it, to, to you know to fit. People like Clamala in 
Um, you know, and bear in mind, you know, we've got Griffiths and things to come back as well. But I think he, he should be really sticking with, you know, a tried and tested formula. Stop changing it. And, uh, you know, and we'll get to the 10 in a row before, you know, Christmas, because Rangers always collapse after that, don't they? Yeah, you, won't be su- <laughs> you won't be surprised to hear this, Mike, but I have a theory. Neil Lennon came in after the Ferns Barris game and ripped the team apart, um, talking about people who didn't want to be there. And I think he's been backpedalling ever since. And every Celtic performance is a superlative, magnificent, peerless, this, that, the other. And I think some Celtic fans are saying, well, no, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, the, he has players there. I thought a steady back three would have been one of his priorities. Ayer, Julian, Shane Duffy. I thought that Ayeti. And Edward would be the two up front. Mm. And I, I didn't quite understand why it wasn't that way against St Mirren. And is he going to go back to them tomorrow against Livingston? Andy, how much of this really matters when a team is just continuing to pick up points? You know, we had a bit of a debate in the show last night where some fans were getting in touch and tweeting saying they wanted more from Celtic's performance levels. But, but guys like Mark in the studio were saying, well, winning games, only drop points in, in one domestic game. What, what's the... What's the worry? Because expectations are so high in Glasgow, is that a constant battle between results and performances? Yeah, I think there was a caller on Saturday who was um, a bit concerned about the, the amount of chances that Celtic conceded against Ross County at the weekend, but they won 5 0. So uh, it's just the nature of the beast at, at big clubs. And, uh, you know, it sounds as if he's he's a bit frustrated at what, what the, you know, the settled front two pairing or back three pairing is going to be throughout the season. I think it's early on in the season. Maybe Neil Lenny Sell doesn't know what his best 11 is. Um, I'm sure when Lee Griffiths comes back he's going to have a big say in what that, that front two partnership is you know, but I think Celtic fans have, have been coming on here and, and crying out for two up the top and uh, you know they've got that over the last couple of games and they've picked up wins so it'll, just be, it'll be interesting to see what their settled lineup has going on into the season 0141 in the phone Zach Clare SSB and Twitter thank you to Mike and Bishopton keen to get your thoughts on this uh, Celtic fans Neil Lennon speaking today Celtic looking to bring in experts To help the players cope uh, With various types of pressure It was owner Dermot Desmond Talking about struggles Mainly in Europe um, Being on the, the psychological front um, Boss Neil Lennon says It is something that could really help them You look at the, this team over The period of time Mentally they're very very strong And they've handled Big occasions And, and big moments You know very very well But we're still looking to Try and improve as best we can And if that means Looking at the psychological side of it, then we will. It can be individually or it can be as a group. We're looking at a few sort of scenarios where we may introduce it to the group or we may introduce it to certain individuals. But um, yeah, it's an ongoing process and it's been something in the often for over a year now. I spoke to Dermot, spoke to Peter, spoke to the board, you know, we've um, covered all that aspect from, you know, the, the bosses upstairs. I guess, Hugh, some people maybe, and I don't mean to, to generalise, but old school might think, scoff at that and say, well, why do footballers need... But that's it's pretty standard in the modern game, you'd imagine. And if Celtic want to turn to some sort of psychological help to give them an edge, what's, yeah, the, yeah, what's the problem? If you have dietitians, nutritionists, um, fitness coaches, you might as well throw in a psychologist. I can understand why players are struggling. Not just Celtic players, but players of any club in any country because... The constant playing of football without people being there, for me, is a hollow imitation of the game that we really love. And it must be tough for players. So if they are of a mind to tune into a psychologist, 
Fine, you might as well try it If you think there is a problem there What level of that type of input Have you had during your career Andy? Because I know some clubs Or some managers will swear by it And some won't touch it What's, what's your own experience been? Yeah, I've never really had uh, much In terms of dealing with it But I mean, personally, I can imagine if you're walking out in front of 50,000, 60,000 every week and then the next week you're walking in front of no one, I can imagine there maybe is, you know, a 1, 2, 3% difference in your motivation going into the game. And I think that's probably just what Neil Lennon's thoughts are going into hey, bringing a psychologist and at Celtic, it's just the marginal gains. But um, other than that, you know, I've not had too much to deal with it, but I'm sure that's just what he's looking at. So pretty much all the managers you've played under have just... Kind of left that side of it to, to them, to their coaching staff. No specialised. Yeah, help. it's it's more a, it's more a case of they might bring someone in, but as a player, if you feel as if you have to talk to them, they're there. Optional. Uh, yeah, they're, they're I, there. They're optional. I and I, sorry, Andy, I can understand why you said with old traditionalists. I mean, in my time, when I came into this business, Jock Steen was a manager of Celtic, and Willie Waddle was a manager of Rangers. They were the psychologists. You didn't have to bother with psychologists They did it And then it was Jock Wallace And then it was Billy McNeil Who could get everything out of players um, And so on and so forth But in today's world Players are more attuned to it They don't don't think of uh, sports psychologists As practitioners of some dark art They will listen They will give it house room So if Neil Lennon thinks it will be a help then he should try it. Mm. Let's bring in Mark and Hamilton and see what's on his mind uh, tonight. Mark, listening to Neil Lennon talking about perhaps bringing in a psychologist either to help the groups or or individuals. Is that something you'd be on board with as a fan? Oh, I don't know about that, Gordon. But if that's where they're going to go, well, that's that. But um, a couple of wee points. The first one's about the left back position. Mm-hmm. Celtic Park. We really need somebody in there ASAP. And no disrespect to the lad. It's playing there at the moment, but it's just it's not good enough. Running up the park to run, I run 30 yards to run back, 30 yards and back. back. I've never seen the lad go by a defender yet as one and one. Like, all right, he's never gone with Tierney, but man, there's nothing there at all, absolutely nothing. He gives Celtic the kid. Well, the, you know, the, we mentioned in connection with Alfie Doughty at uh, Charlton, and uh, if reports are to be believed, they've had two bids turned down. Uh, I always come back to it And you know I'm not privy to the ins and outs Of the transfer negotiations But how hard can it be To get a player From Charlton Athletic To Celtic So You know Poor old Greg Taylor Is one of the whipping boys For the Celtic fans Who call this programme anyway But If There is indeed another Left sided player Like that required And you think that Alfie Doughty is the man How hard can it be To get a player from Charlton Mark, you mentioned them though, and you said you you know he's never going to be another Kieran Tierney. But it, but is that the reality? Is that is that the shoes that the Celtic fans are expecting Greg Taylor to fill? No, I'm not looking. For, no, I'm not looking for another Kieran Tierney. But I'm looking for somebody who shows that he's going to be able to go buy a player. Gordon, it just doesn't look like the kids even capable of doing that. Too lightweight, and he just every time he gets the ball, I've watched him playing in games at the start of the season. As I say, 20, 30 yards and, and back into the defender again. Just, I really feel as well for him defending the lad as well. It just uh, you, comes up against somebody really good. I really you, feel the worst for him. Do you remember the first game of the season, Celtic against Hamilton, and the kind of day that Greg Taylor had then? That That's what he's capable uh, of. Yeah, well, he needs to do I don't know whether it's a position he's playing in for you that he can't. I just don't know. Playing in the, in the three and the five, you know, I just. Uh, Mm. It's hard to say But what I see the lad anyway we, we, we need cover for him anyway You know what I mean If right, he gets anyway 
Yeah, no ball and goalie anymore, of course, Andy. Does this sum up the perhaps the, the challenge of, of, of being in that position? A team like Celtic, who's got all the ball, so even your your you know, what we would consider traditional fullbacks are expected to be able to dribble by people yeah. and, and swing crosses in. You talk about the modern fullback, it's it's a real skill set that they have to have. Yeah, I think especially as a wing back, I think it's a completely different position to play in the back four. Um, you know, first and foremost, he's got no one in front of him, so he, he, there's going to be a lot more emphasis on him to be the attacking le- outlet down the left hand side. Um, I've not seen too much of uh, t- uh, Greg Taylor since Celtic have changed to the three at the five of the back. I noticed that they played James Forrest there mm-hmm. on Saturday. I'm not sure if if that's something that Celtic might look to uh, going forward, but there's certainly there's certainly more a, an emphasis of you being the you being the attacking outlet in the, uh, when you're playing the back five. Is that maybe why we could afford to cut him a bit of slack, Mark? He's very much. Been brought up as a as a traditional left back, and he's now expected to play higher up, receive the ball in a different position, receive it with no one in front of him, eliminate opposition fullbacks, and and you know and deliver that. That, that can't come. Well, he's got no, I can understand. I know where you're coming from, Gordon, but he's still going. To, he's still going to be able to do it. If you're putting him in the team, then the manager's shown faith in you. That you're, that's what he wants you to do. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Hugh. That's it. That that's the challenge in a nutshell. Um, El is there Celtic do tend to attack More than they defend Can he afford to be The the, the left wing back Even if it's not Familiar to him Hasn't impressed At all this season Mohamed El Yunusi um, One game uh, I think he get past marks But um, Yet to blossom Much better for his country Than he is for his um, Temporary club At the moment In general Andy That That sort of wing back role you know, in Celtic's context, it can either be filled. Take the right, for instance, Jeremy Frimpong or James Forrest. One's a defender, one's an attacker, similar to the left, Greg Taylor or Mohamed El Yunusi. How difficult is it to strike that balance, or do you need a, a, a specialist wing back? I think in the way Celtic play, I think you sh- you have to be a specialist wing back because, like I said, you are the sole attacking outlet on on both areas of the pitch. I think if they're looking for the balance. You do one of each. You need to do one of each. Or not only that, there's then an emphasis on which centre-half is going to be covering the other side. So, for example, if James Forrest is playing that left wing-back role, he's going to be the one that's a little bit more advanced than Jeremy Fringpong. Then there's a, an emphasis on the left centre-half to cover when any opposition mm. breaks down in transition. So I do think it's somewhere that I expect Celtic to maybe try and strengthen over the next couple of weeks. But you, know, you mentioned El Yunusi, James Forrest, they're wingers. They're wingers, so... If they are going to be playing in this role, you know, it's it's something they're going to need to try and learn quickly because it is completely different. Good to hear from you, Mark. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you soon. That was Mark and Hamilton. It's 01419511025. This is the perfect time to call because we're going to get travel with Stephen, and that means you could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Hugh Keevans are here you, you've, you've saved Andy Halliday to be honest Because Hugh Keevans just spent the break Talking about how tomorrow night's Tony Bennett night He's getting <laughs> he's getting the music looked out He's having various problems With the music playing technology in his house And luckily the break ended And we can talk football Andy, it's, 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 he's interesting to watch That's that's a bit the nicest seems, way I can put it very modern as well yeah. He's talking about his Alexa and his USB He can't work it though No, no, that's true Exactly right 01419511025 On the line We're about to speak to Thomas Who's a Celtic fan In Kilsyth In fact let's just do that right now Thomas what's on your mind? Hi Gordon How are you doing? Hi Paul Are you well? Hey, Thomas I am well I am well mate I've got a couple of points The first point's in Kamala Kamala I keep on coming in here On him 
It's definitely against St Mirna. I absolutely them see ho. Uh, I, I don't know what I don't know what to on is but Celtic team. I I just don't think he'll he'll cut up parking, to be honest. I can I can understand, Thomas, that if you've paid three million pounds for a player, you are determined to prove that he was worth the money. I can understand that. And I can understand that he's adapting to a different country, different culture, different style of football, etc. But for me, he does not merit starting games. Mm. He's come on and he's he's scored late on in games uh, when he's come on in that fashion. But for me, I don't understand why Albi and Ayeti, who were always being told needs game time, he's got to get up to speed, etc., etc. If Albi and Ayeti plays beside Edward in Dingwall, why didn't they have them together in Paisley? I mean, Thomas, how do we strike this balance though? Because, and I, by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't, I don't know. I can't tell the future. He might not go on and do anything for Celtic. So I'm, I'm not saying that he will. But he started one league game, one, and one cup game. That's all the Celtic starts he has to his name. He's just turned 22. How do you, how do you give him the chance without giving him the chance? I just. I don't. I, God, I, just, I just don't think he'll, he'll cut it. Maybe, maybe if he can get loan, I don't know. But uh, you got a five million player on the bench there, and I'll be in the eighty. I, I, I don't. I don't know why Lennon didn't play Edward and uh, a yeti for the start. I don't know why. Why Clamalla came in? Because um, he absolutely done nothing. Well, I mean, Hugh. Hugh agrees. Hugh's already shown his hand on that one. But Hugh. Yet he plays in ninety minutes or thereabouts. He started the game at Ross County. I can't remember if he came off, um, and he then came on with about half an hour to go in Paisley. So you know, if you're playing at the weekend, then midweek, that that seems like a pretty sensible rotation, does it not? It's not like yet he's been left out for four weeks here. He, you know, he got left out for the first sixty-six minutes the other night. Is that really the end of the world? I look at Yeti and I see someone who will be a regular provider of goals. I look at Patrick Kamala. And I'm not sure that you can say the same thing of him I have acknowledged that Klamala has come on late in games And has scored late in games Did it against Hamilton Ackies Did it in Dingwall last weekend But for me, Albion Ayeti looks by far the more natural predator And I just think that if you're going to mention his fitness Then how does he get fitness? You'll need to play him and if the partnership with Edward looks promising Then why break it up after one game? And the... Could you scrub out the name Patrick Clamalla And just substitute in the name of any number of players Who've come to Celtic Rangers in recent seasons And not done it within the first few months And that that's it, that's Glasgow If you don't hit the ground running straight away People are on you Yeah, and Hugh touched on it He says the change of lifestyle Change of league Change of intensity Change of pace When you're playing at a club Where you're expected to win Score, perform every game You don't get that luxury of time And I, you know, I, I can't confess to have watched too much of uh, Clamalla But I'd imagine if he started one league game then Neil Lennon's not seen enough mm. uh, and listen the fact of the matter is he is new to the league he is new to the club so maybe time will tell he, he could improve as, uh, as a Celtic player but for now I'd imagine I'll be ex- you know, expecting to see quite a lot of Ajeti next to Odson Edward Yeah and again I'm not suggesting or, or, or trying to predict that he definitely will go on and be a success but there have been players who've started slow and then have, have got to grips with it and have maybe that one moment um, Barisic is an obvious example At Rangers People used to phone And make exactly the same point As, as Thomas is making And then something clicked And he, he got used to it So again Not saying that's going to happen But can we ever afford A bit more patience in Glasgow? Yeah exactly I, 
And listen, I think a full pre-season always helps. That's why I look at the, the Borna Barisic case when he first came to Rangers. Maybe his consistency level struggled a little bit, but he did miss a full pre-season. You know, Patrick Kamara now has got a full pre-season under his belt with Celtic, so it should certainly be helping him going into the new season to find consistency and goals. But, you know, like I said, it's very difficult when you're at a club where you're expected to perform every single game and win. To, to be able to get that luxury of time. What was your other point, Thomas? I'm just cautious that the news is approaching. Ah, yeah, but uh, Greg, the left back position at Celtic, I know it's no, no much cover about Greg Taylor. I like Greg Taylor, and I, I honestly do like him. I liked him when he was a Kilmarnock, and I think I think he's a all right player, but he's there with no any cover, and I think I would determined to go for another one, and we're obviously heavily, heavily linked me. I'll be doing I think I think we should get doubt in. Hugh, you made the point earlier about you know what's the hold up. I just wonder if the unique nature of this season is having an impact not only in Celtic but on on loads of teams. The fact that we've got ages left of of, of a transfer window. Yeah. We're in a league that's been up and running for ages. You're dealing with English clubs who've only just got up and running, so they're trying to figure out where they're at. You know, we've we've shifted our, our time frames a little bit this season. I wonder if that's having an impact. Yeah, I, I'm just intrigued by the the profile of it all, Celtic. Charlton The money Celtic Plenty of money in the bank Charlton How long does it take? You know If you if you acknowledge As Thomas has done and, and before him Mark That there is a need For cover If nothing else Then You know I'm not advocating That Peter Law will go out And pay daft money For everybody And anybody But either Sign them or look elsewhere How long does it take To get a player From Charlton Do you feel like That's a market that, that Celtic and Rangers Are dipping into A bit more often At the moment Andy Rangers Had the obvious one With Joe Aribo. Um Celtic are looking At, at Alfie Dalty There's been a couple From Preston Linked with, with either You know Celtic and Rangers um, You know Kind of championship players Coming to the last year Of their contract Do you think that's Becoming quite a familiar market yeah, and I, you know, I've played in the leagues. I know there is good players, uh, but you know, when you compare it with the, the tradition and the history of the old firm clubs up here, you know, there's only going to be one club that the teams are going to want to play for. So I'm sure if Celtic do uh, end up going in for the boy at Charlton, I'm sure his head will be turned. All right, Thomas, we'll leave it there. Thanks as always for speaking to us. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you soon. That takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Now, 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 Hugh Keevens, will we have a Beat the Pundit debut for Andy Halliday oh. after seven o'clock? Andy might not even know what Beat the Pundit is, but he's about to find out. It's your chance to come on here, get one over on Andy Halliday, or get one over on Hugh Keevens and walk away with a signed ball. It's that simple. You do need to call before seven o'clock, though, 0141 951 1025. Who was the man who got. Amde Faye In last weekend's Correct. Quiz in the programme He Cassius Halliday <laughs> I am the greatest He said at quizzes He had 45 minutes To do that one He's only got 30 <laughs> seconds This time And the pressure's going to be on Beat the pundits Next call us before 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans is in the building Andy Halliday is alongside him And they're both waiting for you To get in touch 0141-951-1025 What did you make of The European victories last night For Rangers Aberdeen Or Motherwell Celtic fans Neil Lennon 
is of course looking ahead to the European draw He's talking about bringing a psychologist in to help his players So any of the above topics, keep the calls coming And after we do this, we're going to hear from Motherwell's penalty hero, Trevor Carson He's going to join us live in the show There can't be many keepers who've gone out and saved three in a row uh, To kick off a penalty shootout So we'll do that in just a second, but important business first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football It is Beat the Pundit time We've spent the last couple of minutes briefing Andy Halliday on what might lie ahead I've got the coin though So it might not be Andy It might be Hugh Keevans Let's bring in Macaulay in Greenock I've also spent the last four minutes Telling myself not to ask you if you're home alone Macaulay, on you go <laughs> You've been through that many oh, times, haven't you? I know, <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself Like I was biting my lip I, I, I tried not to It was just too good an opportunity um, Who would no, you rather? Right, I know you're a Rangers fan, Macaulay Does that mean you would you don't want to embarrass Andy Halliday or you don't what you would like to embarrass Hugh Keevans instead? What's your thought process? No, I, th- I think I'd quite like to take on Andy Halliday because I'd like to see the reaction on his podcast that he does as well. I think I'd like to see the boys' reaction to him getting beat, so I'd like to take on Andy. Well, the thing is, he's never played before and yeah, he, he likes his trivia, but you never know on, on the spot, could be a bit different. I'll toss the coin anyway. Heads, it's Hugh, tails, it's Andy. No bother. It's tails It's Andy Halliday oh. Up against Macaulay From Greenock His heart just sank uh, There is another way I would have put that If it wasn't a family show But we'll stick with heart sank um, Right Andy here's the deal I'll give you something else To listen to For 30 seconds or so While Macaulay does his okay. questions Alright No problem Great He's given us the The symbol So we're good to go Macaulay 30 seconds on the clock You're up against Andy You can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit Are you ready? Yeah I'll go Let's do it who scored Rangers first goal last night? Um, James Tavernier Which club did Mark Viduca leave Celtic for? Leeds Who left Barcelona for Real Madrid in 2000? Figo Who did Motherwell defeat last night? Uh, Coleraine Who was the Kilmarnock manager in 2018? Steve Clark Who scored the winner in the 2014 World Cup final? Um, okay, okay, okay Let's bring in Andy Halliday Andy, can you hear us? I can now, yeah And you've got no idea If Macaulay got none or nine right. I'm not giving anything I'll tell away tell myself seven to beat. Are you ready? Same set of questions to you Yes? Yep Let's do it Who scored Rangers first goal last night? James Tavenier Which club did Mark Viduca leave Celtic for? Leeds Who left Barcelona for Real Madrid in 2000? Luis Figo who did Mullerwell defeat last night? Coleraine Who was the Kilmarnock manager in 2018? Steve Clark Who scored the winner in the 2014 World Cup final? Oh. Pass On what date is the next Old Firm game? Um, October the 17th At which stadium did Air United play their home games? Somerset Park Okay He got through a couple more than you Macaulay It just means he answered a bit quicker What are you thinking? Oh he's beat me definitely I thought you did well But you both You both did well Let's find out I think they were They were on the generous side tonight Producer Dan the questions But that's alright Because you both get the same set uh, Question one Who scored Rangers first goal last night You both got it Tavernier One all Mark Viduca Left Celtic for Leeds Two all Luis Figo Barca to Real Madrid Three all Coleraine Lost to Motherwell Four all Oof. Stevie Clark Five all after five questions. I don't think we've had that in a long time. Who is it? Gone then? No, Gotza. You're you're one out. You're you're a World Cup out. Um, None of you got it though. So it's still five all. 
And you know what that means Macaulay Because you ran out of time Andy got the 17th of October And he got Somerset Park Which means he beats you 7-5 uh, Fair play Fair play You've got uh, to take your hat off to that Don't you You've done well At least you can yeah, laugh on me in the podcast now Good man Macaulay <laughs> Thanks for taking part Thanks very much guys See you later Good man That's a sigh of relief uh, Pressure was, uh, off I, I'm never I'm not usually too great With up to date questions But it was a bit of a mix here Hugh. He's not bad We've, I mean we've had a few come in for the first time And, and get zeros and embarrass themselves yeah. and their family So that was not bad He was cool, composed yeah. He'll go far in this game yeah, That's because there's no fans Exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking at the last couple well, You couldn't have got a 10 anyway Because you got one wrong But uh, there was a couple of, Yeah, I think the next two were decent as well I, like. uh, I won't give it away in case producer Dan wants to use that question again Anyway, 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight If you would rather tweet, you can do that as well And you'll find us at Clyde SSB It was a big European night for the Scottish clubs last night It's not often we come in on a Friday And we can say that we had not one, not two But three European victories for Scottish clubs in Europe Rangers got us off and running over in Gibraltar Aberdeen with a 2-0 win And the most dramatic Nerve-wracking of them all uh, Trust me um, was, Mo- was Motherwell's penalty shootout victory Against Coleraine Now I'm delighted to say that Motherwell's um, Man of the moment Goalkeeper Trevor Carson Joins us on the line Trevor, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you Thanks for having me on No, thanks for thanks for joining us um, I think everybody probably wants to talk to you today After last night You managed to, to calm down a little bit Come down off cloud nine How would you sum up your feelings After what you achieved last night? Yeah, you know It was, it was a, you know, a complete buzz after the game And uh, yeah, a bit of a calm down today But yeah, it's just I think it's over Sense and feelings relief today You know, just to get through it And I knew it wasn't going to be pretty But uh you know, we sort of made it hard for ourselves, but the motto all week was, you know, get, at all costs, just get the job mm-hmm. done. And, uh, you know, we're just delighted to be in the next round. So for anyone who's not seen it, Motherwell, I, I don't know what on earth you were doing with your time last night and you should be ashamed of yourself. But for anyone who's not seen it, um, Lang and Watt put Motherwell 2-0 up, cruising, Coleraine pull one back, Bevis McGabby gets sent off, 2-all, heads to extra time, then heads to penalties, upsteps Trevor and saves the first three Coleraine penalties in a row. Motherwell score theirs. And in the end, uh, they go through. Trevor, what's the sort of thought process going into that? I know a lot of research is done now and, and goalkeeping coaches might tell you, you know, what to expect from different penalty takers. Was any of that going on or was it all instinct? Yeah, of course, you know, hints he's brilliant and stuff like that, you know, prepping you with, um, with, with stood at the side of the pitch and went through them. But if I told you my strategy, you probably wouldn't believe it. The first penalty of went to my right, just on instinct, really. But I've actually sort of jarred my shoulder a little bit and I thought to myself, it was my right shoulder, so I thought to myself, I have to dive left next because my right shoulder's in agony. So that's the God's honest truth. So, uh, next one went to my left and then the third one, I played with a big lad, Gareth McConaughey, who had it and I knew centre-back, he's going to stick the suit behind it. So I sort of just stood up and reacted late to it. So, yeah, listen, I was just, you know, fortunate on the evening it was me and... Uh, just happy to play my part I love that Hugh So he knew the first one Does the job His shoulder's sore So he has to go the other way And then he knew the third one as well I want to know why Trevor He didn't save the two That were in regulation time <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be getting all these Clodders would I if yeah. I would be bo- I would be boring So Nah listen I've, 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 faced six pen- <laughs> I've faced six penalties In open play this season And haven't saved one So If you were a gambling man You certainly wouldn't have Backed me in the shootout But you know Fortunately the, uh, From what I gather The the floodlights weren't the best in Coleraine. Does that come uh, into play? 
Oh, floodlights, the pitch, it was just, you know, it was everything, it was just everything we expected to be fair, you know, going to, no disrespect, you know, like a lower, a lower, you know, ranked team and, uh, it was always going to be a tough night, you know. It was a banana. It was a no-win situation for us, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a dim night up in Corain, and uh, you know, we went two now, so comfortable, and then just sort sort of, you know, as, as I say, we're relieved to get the job done. But you know, when we look back on it, we'll definitely take lessons from it and how to manage games, and uh, yeah, hopefully learn from it. I know you'll have had various points along. Your comeback, Trevor. That, that people will ask you this about, you know, looking back and everything you've been through. But th- this must be another one for people who've who've forgotten the story. I mean, between your illness, the deep vein thrombosis, and then you come back and find that Mark Gillespie form I think am I right in saying there was you were you were out of the Motherwell team for twenty months? Yeah, twenty months between my last game from Motherwell, you know, and my first one this season. So, listen, it was a long time. It was mentally really tough, and. Uh, you know, there was a lot of down moments and, uh, you know, but like, nights like last night are why you stay focused and, you know, keep believing and, uh, you know, it makes up for them, you know, them moments where I was sat in my, sat in my bum, you know, in, uh, last season. So, you know, it's great. You know, it's something I'll probably look back on more when I finish and look back on a European night and saving three penalties, uh, you know, something I'll cherish forever. Yeah, are you the type that allows yourself those brief moments of reflection? Because I know some guys... Don't, but to think of everything you have been through and to then make such an impact on a European night, I mean, that must be hugely satisfying for you. Oh, definitely is. You know, I'm not one, I don't take praise very well, but, you know, definitely you do sit and, you know, when my, you know, my granddad tells me he's proud of me, stuff like that. He's not one for sentiment, but, you know, when he says that last night on the phone, it does mean a lot. And, uh, you know, it hits home, you know, the magnitude of last night, because I think it's as far as we've got, you know, Motherwell have got in this competition. So, not just individually, you know, personally. As a club last night, it was a massive night. and You know, it's just great to be a part of it and, you know, you know, continue the adventure in Europe. As you know, Trevor, you get no time to rest on your laurels in this game. It's Pataudry on Sunday against an Aberdeen team who are buoyant after their European result. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're going up there, there in form and uh, it's going to be a really tough game. You know, we need to start getting points on the board as I say, we're not where we want to be in the league, you know, but you know, that's three wins and four now, so hopefully performance-wise haven't been great the last few games, but we're picking up wins, so it's a nice habit to have, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll go up there, we'll go up there. I think Bar Rangers and Celtic in this league, any team you play, you, you know, you set out to win the game, and uh, uh, hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll be the end goal, and it'll give us confidence going into the European game mm-hmm. next week again, but, you know... The leagues are bread and butter And it's a massive game for us on Sunday What did the manager say to you At that brief interval Between 90 minutes ending And extra time Starting Trevor Because It would be very easy to, to panic um, I was panicking Watching it If I'm being honest You, you go down to 10 men That instantly yeah. makes, makes it feel like you're, you're you're then the underdogs If you like I think most neutrals watching Would expect Corrine to kick on What was the main yeah. message? To be fair, I think he picked up in maybe the last two or three minutes after the equalised before extra time, and he said that you know he had sensed they'd gone, they were settling for penalties, and you know, and they actually that were in the end, they were slowing play down, and you know, so he sort of put the belief in us, you know, we'll get one more chance, and uh, we certainly weren't holding out for penalties. That wasn't his message, but uh, you know, it was just a you know, he said what 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 had gone had gone, you know, just forget about it and go out and. 
you know, dig in the next half an hour and our fitness levels, you know, we're full time in there part time and our fitness levels will see us through. And I think in the end they did, you know, this, you know, to hold out with 10 men for half an hour is, you know, credit to the boys. So, uh, as I say, the motto all week was, you know, whatever it takes to get in the next round, it was never going to be easy and uh, thankfully we got the job done. And it must be really difficult because you, you do have Aberdeen, so I'm sure you've not really turned the tensions yet, but before you know it, you're off to Israel to take on Apoel Beersheva. You now know even what lies in front of that, Victoria Pilsen or Sondrisk of, of Denmark. Yeah. Is, is there a belief that you can go, I mean, you'll surely go to Israel as as fairly sizable underdogs. Is, is there a belief that you can go there and cause a shock? Oh, definitely. When you know, when you look at some of the teams we could have got, you know, no disrespect to Bishava, but you know, could have got a lot, lot tougher opposition, and it will be really tough out there. No one, no one underestimating it, but it's definitely a game you can go out, go out and with a bit of hope that you can, you know, progress. And even the next phase, you know, if we get there, it's again, you know, we could have got a lot harder again. Yeah. So. We've got to look at it with hope and belief and, uh, you know, in the group chat with the lads, you know, there's definitely a belief there that, you know, we can do something special. So, you know, two games, you know, two one-off games, potentially away from the group stages of the Europa. So, you know, why not? You know, why not go out with a belief that you can progress? Trevor, good man. We'll let you go nice that shoulder. Thanks for joining us tonight. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, lad. Thank you. Bye. Good man. That was Trevor Carson, Muller Wales goalkeeper. Um, Andy, I can't recall too many goalies stepping up in a penalty shout and saving the first three and just taking the pressure off altogether. That oh, was incredible. I like the story as well about his shoulder. I've heard you know, many stories we go. I remember it was, um, it was a Rangers Celtic uh, semi final where. Wes actually wrote down where he felt Celtic's penalty takers were going to go in his water bottle and Craig Gordon seen it and threw it away <laughs> <laughs> so there's been that no I've heard a few stories about goalkeepers and shootouts but all credit to him he's, he's been the hero on the night for Motherwell uh, I mean you're right Hugh if he just saved one of the first two in normal time wouldn't, wouldn't be here but anyway that's that's a different point we'll, we'll let him off with it he saw his moment yeah. and he seized it I yeah. like that right 01419511025 Alec is a Motherwell fan on the line, you came down after last night, Alec. It was quite the roller coaster, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't actually watch it. I had to sit and watch the, the results come in with Blue Sky News, and you were always watching the video print at the bottom. <laughs> so when you're two nothing up, you're like, I need more. And then you can go on the two families. Uh, no, what I'd like to it's a, maybe Andy and Hugh, they'll probably know more about the team models to face in the next round because basically I don't know nothing about them. And do they think we'll have got a chance? I know you've always got a chance, and I know it gets harder as you go through the rounds, but again, if they can get by that, and then the other game, for a wee team like Mullerwell, they could end up, I'm not saying the rich team or the poor teams, but if they ever go to the group stages, it, how much money does that generate for a team like Mullerwell? Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's it's about a quarter of a million around at the moment, so Mullerwell already got that extra uh, quarter of a million in the bank last season. Hugh will... Remember the, the the closest we as a as a nation have come to Beersheba uh, was I think it was Brendan Rodgers Celtic side played yeah. them um, a couple of seasons ago. I think they are a bit off what they were then. They finished fourth in the Israeli Premier League last season, a, a good distance off um, Maccabi Tel Aviv. It must be said. So I, I don't think that takes away from the fact that they would they would still go in as favourites. But as, as Trevor said At this stage you end up comparing it to what you could have got And it could have been so much worse Sure but I would still have to counsel um, Alec And uh, Trevor and everyone else um, Against being overconfident here uh, Hapoel Bathsheba Will be a considerable upgrade On Glentoran and Coleraine 
And it's a long journey uh, They do have a, a long European history um, Like everyone else Some good, some bad But Motherwell will be underdogs And one man's opinion Be very, very lucky to survive We'll dig into it closer to the time And we usually get sort of local experts on or whatever To give us a proper inside track Andy, the only thing that you can go on sort of at the moment is is how they get there You always do that who did, who did they beat And how convincing was it They sort of scraped through um, Against Albanian opposition uh, Bersheva Again I, I'm not wanting to draw Too many conclusions from that But It doesn't seem like They're firing on all cylinders so far Yeah you take that into account uh, You know you take into account That you know the Israeli league's not the most Prestige league in the world um, And I think Motherwell Listen Motherwell They've not been in Europe For a few years You know like Trevor said On the, on the phone that you know they were they were obviously the heavy favourites to beat Colerain. It was just the most important thing for them to get through, no matter what. Now they're the underdog, and I feel as if this is where the one-legged tie helps clubs like Motherwell in this situation. Mm-hmm. They're going into the game as underdogs; they're away from home, but I do feel this one-legged ninety-minute tie can obviously help, and and they'll be going into the belief that they can obviously you know cause an upset. It's fast and furious, though, Alec, isn't it? Because Aberdeen at the weekend, um, you know, I think Alan Campbell limped off last night, which I'm sure will concern you. Just on that man that we just heard from, Trevor Carson, what do you make of that? Three penalty saves. Well, absolutely superb. I mean, can you say to yourself what the guy's been through in the last 20 months? He uh, must have thought at some point about a year ago he was never going to get back in the team with the way Mark Gillespie was playing that. And then the doors opened up for him. Absolutely superb. I'm totally chuffed for the guy. Totally chuffed. Because a couple of weeks ago, I come on and I'd said about Mullen moving him again with Stephen Robinson be under pressure. I take all that back now because I think maybe not turned the corner, but I think that's they've vastly improved. Yeah, Hugh, we love a good story, don't we? Aside mm. from it, from anything else, deep vein thrombosis. Yeah. Trevor Carson, he was he was flying. Remember, there was was it a bid from Celtic? Um, he then is struck down with that, which is pretty serious. Obviously, misses a lot of football. All of a sudden, Mark Gillespie arrives. He can't get in. He's gone from being, you know, the, the top dog to not even being able to get any football. 20 months he's waited for a chance to get back And then he goes and does that For any sports person uh, To be one year and eight months Out of their sport It must play amazing games With your mind if nothing else Uh, So to have the mental fortitude To come back after that And uh, to be directly responsible For putting Motherwell into the next round Against Hapoel Beersheba He must be a very happy man Always speaks very emotionally About his granddad back in Northern Ireland uh, and he knows how much it means to the family So you can only applaud him uh, Let's bring in Hayden Who's also a Motherwell fan from Paisley Hayden, were you aboard the roller coaster last night? Did you manage to see it? Or were you just catching up with it second hand? Uh, yeah, no, i seen it on um, on the BBC app So that's quite a game Yeah, what, what, was it, what happened exactly, Hayden, in your mind? Because it was proper comfortable in, in the first half And then Anything but from there on in? Uh, well, um, I mean, I, 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 I noticed that I was kind of expecting you. Mm, Hay- Hayden's line's not great. I'll get producer Dan uh, to speak to him. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll try and get Hayden after these. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Andy Halliday are here I think we got cut off with Hayden That his line wasn't great just before the break Let's see if we can bring him back Hi Hayden Hi guys, how you doing? Right, you got you loud and clear, on you go um, Yeah, so I was just saying I mean, I don't know when 
it was all going kind of well um, up until he changed the shape uh, midway through the second half. Um, uh, a 4-3-3 uh, 3-5-2 um, and it just kind of seemed to go wrong from there but um, I mean the guys were getting quite a lot of stick on Motherwell forums and I was expecting used to be a wee bit more critical but I think we actually done not too bad I mean we were playing 12 men because that referee was last night. I mean it was never a penalty and I don't think McGabby should have been sent off because the double jeopardy rule was gone now so I mean I don't understand how it was a a red card if it was a penalty Well the, the sort of detail of the rule though Is that it's only if you make a genuine attempt To get the ball And the problem being then If you if you are penalised Not saying it was right I tend to agree with you But it was for a you know a shove in the back Andy So that's still that The double jeopardy if you like Does still count Because that would never be considered an, A genuine attempt to get the ball Has that been a frustrating one For, for players to get used to? Yeah, is it better a, now? No, the, these types of rules Have been changed quite a few times mm. over, over the years Now I look at the handball rule as well It's I still find it difficult to understand how, you know, if the ball strikes a defender's arm in a certain situation, it's not a foul. But if the ball touches an attacker's arm in, in any, any situation, way, yeah. it's always a foul. So, you know, they, these rules, it's, even though they constantly get changed and the criteria gets read out, it still always seems like a grey mm. area. So, yeah, but listen, I, I take the caller's point, and the thing is, with Motherwell, it's, you know, they're not full of confidence right now. They're not in, you know, in domestically, yeah. they're not where they want to be. But I think the most important thing for, for them and the nation, and obviously the coefficient as well, is, is they got through at all costs and they managed to do that. Yeah, that's the thing. Hugh Hayden saying he expected us to be more critical. It's not that we're not being, yeah, the second half was really poor and, and you know, threw away a, a comfortable winning position. Um, but as Andy says, this is a team that's bottom of the Premiership. They have no European pedigree. So it's almost like. Any win's a good win And you just take it And you move on There's one outstanding story Involving this tie And that's Trevor Carson And that's what we've highlighted uh, And Motherwell I wouldn't have given you Two bob For the chances When the score went to two all But again Trevor Carson Enlightened us And said that Stephen Robinson Could tell That uh, Coleraine were struggling And uh, we're quite happy To play out time Until we got to penalty kicks I've been perfectly honest I don't think Mother will go any further. I don't think they'll survive Israel. Um, as I say, it's a long journey. The conditions won't be what they're used to. Uh, and although Hapoel are not what they once were, uh, there are serious upgrade on Glentoran and Coleraine and Motherwell have struggled to get past Coleraine. So Hayden, not being critical of Motherwell over last night, praising Trevor Carson, but... I think you're done now. Hayden, do you share his pessimism? Um, he's a grim I, always, uh, yeah, I always try and be hopeful, but yeah, I, I think he's probably right. Um, it's a bit oh, worrying as well about Alan Campbell going up as well last night because I've seen that we just signed uh, Robin Crawford for Livingston. Yep. Um, so we're pretty low in midfield numbers now, so hopefully that's not a bad one because we've lost Liam Donnelly for a while. So. Um, after it being a pretty strong position for us we're, we're a bit thin in the ground now Absolutely right Hayden Good to speak to you Hopefully we'll catch up with you soon Maybe um, in the build up Or the aftermath of that Beersheva game You take care What I haven't done Is given you to your teaser yet Because we're a, we're a little bit Running behind I must say It's been a very busy show What I'm going to do Is I'm, now, I'm just going to chop This teaser in half um, And just make it a bit easier for you So we're looking for, and it's Stevie who sent it in. Thanks a lot to Stevie, fulltime at Clyde1.com if you want to hear your question used on the show. For each of the Scottish Premiership's top six last season, can you name their top English Premier League scorer of all time? 
You're looking at me funny I'll try and explain it So for each of our top six last season So yep. Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell, etc Can you name the guy who scored the most English Premier League goals And played for that Scottish club? Yeah Okay Got me right. So uh, when do you want us to answer? I've already got one So Rangers is? Jermaine Defoe Jermaine Defoe yeah, Once you hear one of them it's always um, a little bit easier So we're only looking for six Stevie sent in the full league but I think That's a we'll, good question though I like Oh that. it is a good question I think we'll leave the other six for uh, For another day So who, who would say For instance Which player that has played for Celtic Has scored the most English Premier League goals I think I could answer that as You well. have to answer He was in last season's team No 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 no, 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 no. no. Oh. He's just played for Celtic At some point uh, John Harrison No Certain Ian Wright No Matt Viduka No Whoa. He played more recently Oh, slightly more re- like not not recently, but more recently than those two. Chris Commons. No, 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 no. Once you hear this guy, you'll go, you'll go right. Oh yes, I know. Oh, Chris Sutton played for loads of clubs. Short spell at Celtic. Dion Dublin. No, you're going to kick right. I'll leave it. You're going to kick yourself. What did you say, Dion Dublin? For why are you coming in here with answers like that? John is in Bailiston What have you got for us tonight, John? Hi, just just here to get my thoughts on the Motherwell game last night. I was pretty embarrassed with the performance last night. To be honest, I feel the game should have been finished at half time and it was dragged out. And I felt the substitutions were a bit laughable, to be honest, as well. Um, I feel bringing on young boys uh, uh, in, a, in a game like this and how important it is to the club. We've never been this far in Europe before. I thought we could have been a bit more smart with our with our substitutions last night. Um, and yeah, I just, I just want to, yeah. I mean, like, to hear what you think about the game last night Andy, as well. give us that, that psychological side of it, right? Because we always hear this and... It, it converge on being a bit of a cliche Talking about going to A difficult pitch um, Difficult surroundings Not what you're used to Being the being the favourites in Europe how, how tricky can those ties be? What, what What's it like to be a part of? I think the Motherwell players and staff Will be going into the game Knowing it's not going to be The prettiest game of football They've ever played But knowing that The result is paramount So I'm sure uh, You know after An extremely comfortable first half And then obviously A disappointing second half I think the overwhelming feeling Will be relief but I think the most important thing is for a club that's not been in Europe for a few years. The most important thing was getting the, uh, the, mm-hmm. you know their name in the hat for the next round. And you know I I, I know the the call is obviously frustrated with the with the second half performance. But you know the most important thing was they obviously got through and, and won the game. You feel that though. I mean, f- from your own experience, you'll have been and played in some of these games where, where yeah. you're overwhelmed. The difference, I suppose, for Rangers being you're always favourites. Motherwell aren't. But you know when you go to these places, does it feel like you're on to a, a bit of a hiding to nothing at I times? Mean, it, it, <sighs> I can I can take an example. Uh, I won a Mar- We played Fraserburgh in the Scottish Cup. Uh, I think it was three four years ago, and we've went. The, the, you know the pitch is about fifteen feet wide. It's about twenty five feet long. It's the smallest pitch I've ever seen. There's rabbit holes. There's you know you can't even see the lines in the in the sidelines. And it, you know you you can't win. You can't win if you if you win four nil and and you play well. You've done your job. Uh, you know if. You win 2-0 Which we did on the day I think maybe 3-0 And didn't perform You're going to get criticism 
So, you know, it, it might have played into the Motherwell players' minds last night, but, you know, like I said, I think they, they're probably relieved that they, they got through in the end, but they're obviously delighted mm-hmm. that they managed to do so. I'm sure Andy Hildy doesn't think that Fraser was a European away day, by the way. He was just, <laughs> he, it, it's, it's, it nearly so is. I'm giving an example. It, it nearly is. Um, John, what about Trevor Carson? How can we go any further without talking about him? Outstanding. He was the, he was the saviour last night. I thought he had a great game all round, and Depending on sure, it just proved how how good a goalie he really is. He's an international goalkeeper. That's his job, obviously. But I thought he was outstanding last night. Big moment for him, though, John. I'm not sure anyone ever questioned him as a goalie, but we spoke to him about it there out for 20 months. Mark Gillespie comes in and does so well that he gets a move to Newcastle and made his Newcastle debut uh, the other night there. So um, I think this was a, a a big statement from from Trevor Carson to show that he's very much um, back. A hundred percent. Obviously, he was. He was put under a lot of pressure with Gillespie because Gillespie came in never done a thing wrong in my opinion and um, Carson never done anything either really obviously to, to lose his place it was a bad injury it was it was a shame for him but um, you know he's came back in and I really don't think he's done anything wrong since he's came back in you know we've lost a top goalkeeper but I still feel we've got a good goalkeeper at the club as well um, so, so yeah I, I still feel um, we've got a, a very good number one goalkeeper. Um, Hugh Evans has already got you written off, John. He doesn't even think you should board the plane to Israel. Is he wrong? Sorry, Hugh Evans has already got the team written off. He says no chance against Beersheva. What do you think? I think that's laughable. I think if you if you if you look at some of the performances that we've had, okay, but maybe not got the results that we wanted. But I think the majority of performances have been pretty good. Was trying to play a different style of football where we went maybe two seasons ago where we were just putting the ball up. Um, you started your man. call by saying how rubbish Motherwell were last night against uh, a part-time team from Northern Ireland. Now you're telling me they'll go to Israel and they will survive against Hapoel Beersheba. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I'm telling you because I don't... Were we rubbish last night in the first half? Because I think the, the tie should have been finished at half-time. We had a poor second half, but the two the two penalties were absolute disgrace in my opinion. I don't think neither are penalties. Um, well, I'll tell you what I to I do. I agree. I, I agree with you, John. I'll tell you what to do. You come back on here after the Hapoel Beersheba game, and we'll see who's laughable. John and Bellison, don't worry. I'll, I'll make I'll make sure we I'll make sure he gets reminded about this until. Time ends if it does go the way that you expect it to. John and Bellison, thank you very much. Um, let's hear from Derek McInnes. Um, a great win for Aberdeen last night He's excited at the thought of heading to Portugal To take on Sporting after their win last night uh, He's disappointed that fans won't be there But he's determined to make them proud We said before the game We spoke to the players often enough about it We want to experience that It's just a, a real shame that, that We can't experience a, a full house out there And plenty of supporters And it's a real shame our supporters can't travel Because that clearly would be a game that would whet the appetite And Plenty would make that journey, but we, we know who we represent when we go over there. We'll try and put in a performance that gives us a chance, and you know certainly the the, the form of team are in it, it will give us a chance. So really pleased with with tonight's efforts. Uh, what about Aberdeen last night, Hugh Evans? They are in a really good place at the moment. That's is it six wins in a row, first time they've done that in a long time. We spoke earlier in the week about would it benefit us the fact that these qualifiers, which usually come in July, have actually fallen in September and Aberdeen have had a bit of domestic football under their mm. belts. It certainly looked that way. To go over there and, and get a 2-0 win and move on is quite quite impressive. When you consider the whole COVID-19 business that they got themselves embroiled in, um, 
their own fault But they got themselves embroiled in it After the first day of the season To where they are now I put it down to Good management On Derek McInnes's part I think he's Steered the club Through a very difficult time I think he's Made the best transfer For his club In Ross McCrory From Rangers to Aberdeen And I think There's a vitality About them now With Ryan Hedges Lewis Ferguson Ross McCrory We've got a good goalkeeper Which always helps Um, It depends on how much Covid-19 has ravaged Sporting Lisbon Because we know that Nine players have tested positive uh, And how that impacts on the squad Will be crucial to the outcome of the tie Again I would not say Aberdeen are favourites To go to Portugal and win But they have a chance They They have a fighter's chance Andy, you were telling me in the office earlier on that you knew you were coming on tonight So you went away, you did your research, you analysed the Aberdeen game closely last night What did you make of it? Yep, I thought they'd done well uh, You know, Aberdeen, you know, Aberdeen's best They were extremely organised They tried to hurt um, Vikings on the counter-attack I think that, you know, the Vikings caused some problems down the left-hand side um, But Ross McCrory showing his versatility for Aberdeen again he's, I think he's only been there for... For about eight, eight, nine games, and that's three positions he's played now, and and two game, uh, two games, two goals. And listen, we're talking about how well Aberdeen are doing. They're still without a 30, 30 goal striker. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's all credit to to how they've managed to fit uh, around that. And you know, the the confidence is flying high just now. Obviously, it's going to be a much difficult, much more difficult task with with Sporting away. But listen, uh, you know, I wish them all the best. It's going to be a difficult tie, but I th- I think they're still going to have to improve it even further to get through the next round. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Plenty of time. For you to get your calls in Right Tonight's teaser is quite a difficult one um, Or some of the answers are difficult Thanks to Stevie for sending it in We are looking for the following Now bear with me here For last season's top six in Scotland The top six premiership clubs Can you name the top English Premier League scorer To play for each of those clubs So for instance um, Celtic Rangers Aberdeen Motherwell St Johnson Livingston That was the top six last season uh, Rangers you've already got That Jermaine Defoe Is their top scorer ever To have, have played you know, The English Premier League What would Celtics be You were struggling with that one Robbie Keane Got there in the end Robbie Keane So if we go through them One by one Take Aberdeen for instance Of all the players Who've ever played for Aberdeen Who scored the most English Premier League goals Are we talking about the English Premier League or from uh, the 60s, 70s? No, 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 no. English Premier League, 92 onwards. Mm. No Whelan? Yes. Oh, I'm just. I must admit, I thought a man of your age, I thought, nah, that, you, won't, you won't get no I was going Whelan. to say Dean Windass, but I think he was only in the Prem one year, maybe. Right, okay. Bradford. You're absolutely flying. You've got Keane for Celtic, Defoe for Rangers, Whelan for Aberdeen. That's three down, three to get. We'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Haldy's here. Hugh Keevens is alongside him. And they've not got long to come up with the answers to this teaser. It's a good question. As I must say, Stevie, we tip our hats to you because it's a brilliant one. Stevie sent it in and it's full time at Clyde1.com. If you are sitting at home, you like your trivia, you think you could come up with a question and get it used in the show. That's the address you need Andy Halliday's getting so into this one I think he's going to send one in uh, For next week I saw him scribbling the email address down I'm sure I did So tonight's is this um, Can you name the top English Premier League scorer To have played for each Of our 
top six clubs in Scotland last season? That might sound confusing, but once we do the answers, you'll get it. So our top six last season, Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Motherwell, Livy, St. Johnston. So who is Celtic's top English Premier League scorer of all time? It's Robbie Keane. Who would Rangers be? It's Jermaine Defoe. Aberdeen's is Noel Whelan. So you've got three down and three to go. What were you, you were coming up with some thoughts during the break. Think out loud. Motherwell, James McFadden. It is not. Mm. Would you believe? Is Livingston Kenny Miller? No. Do you know what I Robert love about this? See the three that you've got left. They're going to blow your mind because they're so they're just going to tie you in knots. It's not Snodgrass either. No. It's like do you know what? Honestly, it's a great question. It really is. <laughs> you should see some of the ones for the, for the other because I've got a, a list of Scottish clubs here, but I had to cut it at top six because we were running out of time. So don't worry, we might hear the the remainder of that question another time. Graham Dons. Um, no. No, yeah, I'm, I think I'll need to give you a clue at some point because definitely yes, there's a certain difficulty to it that I, I don't expect you to see past. I'm interested that you don't have the Motherwell one yet, Andy Halliday, and I'm looking at you in particular. Oh no, I've played with him. Mm, not necessarily. Come on, you. You Is come it? out with another good one during the break, Brian but it's wrong. Right, let's say in in terms of <laughs> era. He's more Brian McClare than he is James McFadden. We're going way back on this guy's career when he played for Motherwell. But he has played in oh, the English I've Premier League. Gary McAllister. Yes. <gasps> Gary McAllister. <laughs> there we go. You would have been getting dogs abuse off him yeah. if you hadn't got that one. But there we go. We got there then. Right, two to get. Uh, there's still time to squeeze some calls in. Let's do it. 1025 uh, Hugh, sometimes there are just it's kind of too many uh, big stories if you like for uh, for us to, to get through in one night but we can definitely um, get our teeth stuck right into this one tomorrow just your brief thoughts um, to maybe give us a bit of a flavour of what to expect the news today from the SPFL regarding coronavirus testing mm-hmm. now basically any team who gets drawn against a premiership club in the Betfred will have to test their players in the week leading up to it because obviously the premiership teams are in a bubble the non-premiership teams are not and the SPFL have said that the the clubs, the lower league clubs, will have to find the money. They'll have to pay to test their players before they come up against Premiership opposition. If they can't or won't field a team or they fail to provide the, the negative tests, they forfeit the game. First of all, the SPFL have no central funding from which to draw money and help out the smaller clubs. If a Scottish club wants to pay for... And I mean a premiership club wants to pay for A club from a lower league That's entirely their prerogative However The clubs are finding it difficult to pay for their own testing Never mind the other team's testing as well So I don't see that happening It it, is beginning to happen down south But there's far more money down there If The ultimate is that Clubs have to withdraw from the competition Then I'm very sorry And it makes a shambles of the competition However Someone will have to present me with A solution to this problem Because the problem is entirely About money And a club in the Premiership Can afford to pay for its own testing But to pay for another team's testing Is just too much for them to bear 
What do you make of that, Andy? It, it clearly, it, you know, it kind of seems unfair, if you like, or it seems hard in the lower league clubs. But what, what would the solution be other than that? Then I'd love to be able to give you an answer. <laughs> you, you, you've asked the question, and I'm standing in a bit a disbelief because I, I mean, straight away, I, I feel sorry for the lower league clubs. And the, the, I, I, no, I get what you're saying. It's uh, it's going to be difficult for for clubs to pay for their own testing, never mind other clubs. But listen, no one's been more financially impacted than than the lower league. Uh, the lower leagues have during this pandemic. So. It's an extremely difficult scenario I, I don't know what the solution is But I really really hope someone comes up with one Because we don't want to see the, people the, I mean Hugh I think the, the the lowest Sort of figure if you like So the, I think teams can get Various figures for playing in the Betfred Cup But I think the lowest you can expect Is somewhere around about £20,000 I hope I've got that right I just remember hearing it mm-hmm. somewhere um, Now obviously I guess the SPFL would say Well use that money but that's maybe money that they were relying on for um, for other there's things a, as well. The serious problem here because when uh, clubs from the lower leagues come to play premiership opposition, they are coming from a different environment. They are part-time players who have part-time jobs as well as football or full-time jobs as well as part-time football. Therefore, they represent a medical risk, but a risk that can be avoided mm. if they get tested. For me, top of my head, the only solution I can come up with is is there a benefactor out there who is willing well, to James put up, Anderson already yeah, did? Yeah, James Anderson. Is he willing to put even more money in or is there a bet Fred Cup James Anderson? The reason I can tell it's 10 to 8 on a Friday night is because there's loads of numbers phoning in who don't usually phone us, which means that they're already trying to get through for the GBX. So I won't, <laughs> I won't, I won't put you through to Hugh Keevens. You'll get the fright of your life. Uh, let's squeeze in one more call. Mitch is just along the road in Clydebank. What's your point tonight, Mitch? Hey, what I, I sort of agree with Hugh Keevens that oh. Celtic don't need another left back. But what I'm saying is, see the Charlton Celtic situation. Charlton are in the middle of a takeover bid, and there's been an appeal uh, in the courts, an injunction about the embargoes or something on transfers. Do you think that's possible? Could have anything to do with it? Well, the point, uh, well, they've made two bids already, um, yeah. so I'm not suggesting that Celtic should try and capitalise on Charlton's misfortune. But if Celtic need cover in that position, and they do, then they have to look upon Archie Doughty, Alfie Doughty rather, uh, as someone that they can acquire. He's attainable. You just have to have um, the will to go and get him. I, I don't think that the court cases, the impending takeovers, etc., etc., would stop a player from going to Celtic. Is that your priority at the moment, Mitch? That that area of the pitch? Uh, definitely. Uh, I don't see. That. I think he's a good left back, but again. They're definitely a position they do really need to strengthen on. I just the reason I asked that question was because I don't know the in and outs of how that goes if there's going to be a, a takeover bid or that. You know, the player, as I understand it, um, is out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, therefore, you know, you could sign for someone in a few months' time on a provisional agreement, pre contract agreement, um, and Charlton could end up getting nothing at all for him. So you would think that the club would be amenable to an approach from Celtic at this time. Uh, And if Celtic do believe that they need to get someone in before this transfer window closes, and he has been the subject of two bids from Celtic, Hmm. I would expect a third bid, and I would expect it to be the one that counts. 
Uh, Mitch, sorry that was short and sweet. I think we are out of time, but make sure you give us a call back and we'll get a longer chat next time, all right? Thank you. Right, bye bye. Good man. Hopefully, we'll speak to you soon. That was Mitch and Clyde Bank. I'm leaving as long as possible for this teaser tonight because I'm about to confuse you two even more. For the top six in the Scottish Premiership, can you name the top English Premier League scorer to have played for each of those clubs? So, for Celtic, you've got Robbie Keane. For Rangers you've got Jermaine Defoe For Aberdeen you've got Noel Whelan And for Motherwell you have got Gary McAllister Which means you've only got St Johnston and Livy to go Here's your first clue I know you think these are going to be really difficult You've already mentioned both of these answers In one way or another No way Yes way Okay Give us the St Johnston clue You've, <laughs> That's al- a clue <laughs> you've already you've already mentioned him as a wrong answer so for one of the other clubs. Club. You've just forgotten that he played for St Johnston. So he wasn't that other club's top English Premier League scorer, but he is St Johnston's. Oh. I told you it was confusing. Right, who have you said that's wrong recently? You know, right, and I'll tell you it wasn't the Celtic or the Rangers one. Yeah, because um so it was it must have been Motherwell, so it was James McFadden. Did he ever play for St Johnston? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> He did I think it's James McFadden It's James McFadden ah, yeah. Well done And the Livy one is even More bizarre You've already said this guy as well But this guy Now I'm really going to give it away This guy wasn't an incorrect answer For another club He was the correct answer oh. So quickly rhyme off the other names That you've got No Whelan Yes There we go It's No Whelan again I can I honestly completely forgot he played for Livingston. There you go, we got it in the end. That was former Livingston. Hugh, you done well there, Hugh? <laughs> he's, he's a team player. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. He's been on the programme two minutes and he's coming in here. He, he was very nearly missing the start of the programme. I was hoping he would miss the start so that I could say he got here later than some of his tackles. <laughs> he planned that line all night. Uh, and he's God, eventually. Jordan, you need to get a Tony Bennett question from that. <laughs> squeezed it in at 5 2. Right, thank you, Andy Halliday and Hugh Kevens. We're back. It's Two o'clock tomorrow So much to get through Thank you for joining us tonight We'll do it again Tomorrow afternoon GBX Friday's up next You can properly Get your weekend started Hugh's off to Listen to Tony Bennett George is up next